Hello and welcome everyone. It's good to have you with us. As always, we appreciate your tuning in to the Latter Rain Ministries. If you want to learn more about us, please visit our website at www.thelatterrain.org. And also, please feel free to write us if you need some prayer support. If you've been following us over the past weeks, you know that we have been going through a series on the book of Proverbs. But today, we're going to take a break from that. We're going to be sharing about something that is an essential building block and remainder to help us stay on track. There are things in life that are basic that we can never stop doing, like walking, for instance, for those of us that are fortunate enough to be able to do so. That's something most of us learned when we were very young, and by the grace of God, many of us can continue doing it and need to do it for everything. We walk in our homes, going from place to place, from a car or a bus to a destination, at work, when shopping, exercising, and so on. Even though it is something we learned before knowing how to speak, it is something vital that can never be forgotten or taken for granted, although many people do. Faith is one of those things that were essential for us to come to Christ. And we need to continue growing and getting stronger in our faith so that we can continue growing and moving forward. Because as followers of Jesus Christ, we can never stay in one place as far as growth. It is necessary to always push forward, never going backwards, and never just remaining complacent. Because if that happens, all kinds of negative things begin to occur, and we just won't make it to all of the things that God would like for us to experience. Enduring in our faith is an essential building block to everything that is important in our lives now and always. We'll talk more about this after our prayer outlook. At this moment, I would like to bring to your attention and prayer focus to places where there are people that are deprived of the great freedoms and blessings that some of us have, where there is great corruption and instability. Insecurity and fear are prevalent where there is little to no order. Forbes did a rather interesting article on February 8th of this year where they looked at the world's most corrupt countries. Transparency International said most countries are failing to control corruption in a meaningful way and that is contributing to a crisis in governance. They provided a map where they indicated by score who were the most corrupt nations. And of course, it clearly delineated an almost natural correlation between corruption and instability. As examples, it indicated Venezuela, Russia, certain countries in Africa, and the Middle East as locations where there was most corruption. And as some of us have seen on the news over the past few days, despite governmental censorship, Venezuela is going through some very difficult times where people cannot endure conditions any longer. At the end of the day, where there was less general corruption, there is more opportunity to have a relatively better life. Although many people use their freedom to look for ways on how to make life more complicated for themselves, but that is a topic for another day. So, let us pray for these places and for the people that live in these places where there is mass corruption. Let us pray that the gospel of Jesus Christ may come in and spread so that people's lives can change. Morality is not necessarily what will change a person's life, but rather the only one that can change everything in a person, even the worst of people, is the transformational power of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of the answers are in Him. 
So let's pray for this together right now. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you for your goodness and for your mercy for your Son, Jesus Christ. I praise you for your great love and for the salvation that we have through him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray as always that you please forgive my sins. Heavenly Father, I know that we are forgiven through your Son, but we still have sin in our lives and we just got to keep changing and repenting from that, Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we we come together, O oh Lord, to pray for these different places of unrest and corruption and disorder, just all these things that are happening, Lord God, in so many different places. Heavenly Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for for your gospel, to be able to penetrate these places and to be able to change people's hearts, Lord God, and their minds and and their way of proceeding to do things, Heavenly Father. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we pray for servants. We pray for, for people that are hungry to do your will, Lord God, to be able to go into these places or that they're already there, Lord God, that you give them boldness, that you give them strength, that you empower them to the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, to, to bring about the things that you want to bring about. Heavenly Father, we pray for revival in these places in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Heavenly Father, touch people's hearts, O Lord. Lord God, we give you thanks and we praise you, O Lord, because, Lord, you are in the business of changing lives, of changing environments, Lord God, of making things new, Heavenly Father. Even in this fallen world, you want to do transformation. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and I pray, Heavenly Father, now that you help us, O Lord. Help us to understand your word, that you may speak to us through your Holy Spirit. I pray in the name of Jesus, O Lord, that you help us to understand the great importance of faith and what it needs to be in our lives in order, Lord God, for the wonderful things that you want to bring about for those things to happen. I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. As it was introduced before, we're going to be talking about enduring faith. I have to say, it is turning into something essential but repetitive as well, because it is becoming too common for people to waver in their faith. As an observation, it is painfully very normal to see many believers go back and forth with their faith, depending too much on their circumstances. I know that we all have our days, and that's understandable, but it should never get to the point that many are exhibiting such wavering. So the Lord has put this even more as an urgency in my heart to talk about, and because it is intricately involved with the search for wisdom, which is what we've been going through all of these weeks. Quite simply, if there is wavering or weak faith, wisdom can never occur, and quite frankly, a person will not be able to remain in the Lord if they are exposed to certain pressures of life. So the point of this is not to condemn, but rather to encourage, so that if there is any wavering or unstable faith, that there may be an awareness of it, and ultimately for a person to make a concrete decision to whether they want to follow Christ or not. Faith is a decision. And it is all ours. We will be reading from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 4, 
And we will also read verses 12 to 17. And this is what it says. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So you have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. Now we'll jump over to verse 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this many people become defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. The Word of God always encourages us to move forward, to continue strengthening and growing in our faith. We can never stop changing and improving, but of course, through the power of the Holy Spirit and His Word working within us. It's not necessarily our abilities that will get us there to where we need to get to, but rather our willingness and dedication, because we do have a say and a part in the matter. One of the misunderstandings that exists among believers is that some people believe that all you need to do is just go with the flow somehow, that the Holy Spirit is somehow going to take you to where you need to go. That is true from a certain point of view. But God does not condone laziness and lack of willingness. And here is where faith really comes in, although faith is integral to everything that has to do with God. You cannot do anything without faith. Faith is the very first thing that is required in every person that really wants to experience God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. For starters, and the thing to keep in mind is that when God gives you the opportunity to experience him, when his gospel is shared with you, you can't come in with the, well, God has to prove himself to me so that I can believe in him kind of attitude. And quite frankly, nothing in life will ever work if you approach it with a negative and arrogant attitude. Try that at your job and see how that works for you. I don't care how politically correct or how sensitive our societies are getting. When it comes to work, everyone's expectation is for people to perform and to perform at a high level. And if people don't perform, owners and managers will find a way to get rid of the wrong sort. So if it won't work with your, with your employer, it will certainly not work for someone that is much higher than a human being that just signs your check at the end of a pay period. At minimum, if you truly want to experience God, you at least need to believe that He is there and that He is who He says He is or else you will never, 
ever experience God the way He desires to reveal Himself to you. You need to come correctly, if you will. That's why God, through His love, or maybe tough love, allows for certain things to happen in a person's life that will shake their very foundation so that they understand that He is necessary. Hosea chapter 5 verse 15 says, I will return again to my place till they acknowledge their offense. Then they will seek my face. In their affliction, they will earnestly seek me. God wants for everyone to be saved. But because of our hardness of heart, because of our pride, God has to allow for us to be broken so that we have a more open mind when he draws near. And it's a good pain. Because otherwise, if you don't come to Him as you need to, then you will never be saved. And the Bible is very clear with this problem. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, it says, For what profit is to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So, do you prefer experiencing some pain and get into the right attitude with God so you can live eternally? Or would you prefer for everything to be great and fine and be lost for all eternity? In the end, that is a choice. And if you do things correctly, like right away, you just may not need that life-changing incident that brings your world crashing down so that you can experience God's saving grace through Jesus Christ. But how will anything happen in your life if you are not convinced through and through that God is God and that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life that no one can come to the Father except through Him. So, faith is what helps you find God's eternal life. After you come to Christ by repenting and converting from all, not just some of your sins, then faith is what helps you understand that you need to grow in the Lord. And the only way you can grow in the Lord is by digging real deep into the Word. Not just passively reading, but by spending time with the Almighty, deepening your relationship with Him. But again, how would that happen if you are not truly convinced? If the necessary faith is not there? Because if you don't have faith when you pray, it won't really do anything. And if you read without faith, then it's not going to mean a thing either. We need to be thoroughly convinced that the Word of God is ultimate truth and that like the ultimate truth that it is, we need to depend on it. We need to apply it to our daily lives. We need to take it in in its entirety. It's not a menu where you can pick and choose what you want to follow or not want to follow. That's what many people are doing today. We're treating God Himself and His Word like everything is optional. There are folks that just want the promises and victories, but they don't want to obey. They want God and His forgiveness, but without giving anything in return. They want a Savior, but not a Lord. They want salvation without commitment. They're only looking for what they want and not for what God wants. It's too much of my will be done as opposed to thy will be done. And that only happens when faith is so limited that there is no real understanding of just who God is and who we are. The unfortunate part is that the sin of pride is clouding their vision, giving them the illusion that they are more important than God and that they take precedent over the things of the Lord. The Lord taught us the following parable which explains the problem even more clearly. 
in Matthew chapter 13, it tells us this. Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty some 30. In the first instance, it's not a problem of intellectual understanding, but rather there is no desire to understand the Word of God. It is dismissed because of an extreme lack of faith. That's why the wicked one comes and snatches it away. In the second example, the stones within the soil, or rather the hardness within a person's heart, does not allow for the seed or the Word to grow roots within them. This is the type of person that would rather cling on to barren stones than the life-producing Word of God. They believe more in the stones in their heart than in the Lord, so it's a faith problem, and that is a choice. In the third example, we see a similar problem, but as opposed to dealing with stones, a person is dealing with thorns. This is the person that has allowed for things that seem like they have life in them. In other words, things that are illusions of life. But those things finally wind up choking the word within them. So, in a similar fashion to the one that has stones in their heart, this person allows for thorns to remain in their life. They believe more in the thorns that don't produce life and that can only bring pain and suffering than in allowing for the Word of God to become the main focus in their life. This is also a faith problem, so it's a choice. And in the final example, we see someone that does not allow for anything or anyone to hinder the Word of God in their lives. There are no stones and there are no thorns to be found. They have allowed through full repentance and conversion for God to have cleaned them out. Because ladies and gentlemen, before coming to Christ, we all had stones and thorns and all kinds of garbage in our lives. And these people allow for the word to take root in them because they believe more in that than in the other stuff that they had in their lives. And that's why they're able to bear fruit and lots of it. That has all to do with faith, by choosing to allow the Lord to clean them and make them new. And here is how we arrive to our main point. If we don't believe that we have a great cloud of witnesses around us, God being the main one, then we're not going to lay aside every weight and the sin that can ensnare us, and we will not run with endurance the race that is set before us. 
if we don't have enough faith to look unto Jesus by believing that He is the author and finisher of our faith, by acknowledging and respecting the great sacrifice God did through Him, we will not persist in our faith. And of course, if we are not thoroughly convinced that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, then our hands will hang down and our knees will be feeble and our paths will be crooked and we will be lame. And painfully for us in the end, we will fall short of the grace of God. This is definitely not something that the Lord wants to have happen. But if we don't strengthen our faith and if we don't endure in our faith, we will surely fail without question. So, if by any chance you have a faith problem, the solution is quite simple. Allow for God to take away the stones and thorns within your heart. Don't cling to them, but rather repent and convert from all of your sins by completely turning to Him without reservations, believing with all of your heart that Jesus is not just your Savior, but confessing Him and making Him the Lord of your life. He needs to become the Lord of your life. He needs to take ownership. He needs to be in control, not you. It needs to be His will and not your will in your life. If you do this with all of your heart, then and only then will there be an enduring faith that will resist the test of time, trouble, and the tribulation that will come upon the whole earth such as we have never seen before and after gone through everything like his word teaches us that he may find us standing and abiding in him let's pray lord heavenly father help us O oh god to have soft hearts help us to lord god understand that we desperately need you and that we need to put our faith in you. We put our faith in so many things, so many other things. Many people, Lord God, put their faith in themselves, in careers, in money, in power, in relationships, and in family, and all kinds of things. It may not necessarily be bad things, but they are movable things. Heavenly Father, help us to put our faith in you, to put our whole faith in you, with all of our hearts, Lord God. Help us to understand that you and you alone are God. Help us to understand that Jesus Christ is, in fact, the truth, the way, and the life to you. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand that we need to put our whole faith our entire heart to you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O oh Lord God, that for those that may be listening, Lord God, that may have a problem with faith, help them to be convinced that they need to give you the reins of their lives. Heavenly Father, help them to understand that they need to put their complete trust in you. Help them, O oh Lord, to understand that they need to allow you to take out all of the stones and all of the thorns and everything that does not produce anything good in their lives to be taken away. Help them to surrender those things, to do away with those things because stones and thorns, are they don't cause life. 
they don't bring about life. Only you do, Lord God. Heavenly Father, help us to have soft hearts. Help us to put away our foolish pride, Heavenly Father. Help us to just do away with our pride. Help us not to be foolish, Lord God, but to be wise by starting to fear you and to understand who you are and what you want to do in us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue sharing and studying God's Word. Please feel free to write us through our website if you would like more information or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. May God bless you.